Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Earl Tub. One Coach Boss. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric a good night, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You're home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, 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 much more. Gotta cut you off there. That's ridiculous. It's episode 158. We are back. Eric's back. He left. Mm-hmm. He left his home. I, I can't quit you. And then he came back to his home. Came back to you. Which is this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's true. I assume we're, we're going to talk about that later. I assume. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Gotta give, gotta give the, the people a little bit of a little teaser there. Mm. That's what they say. You gotta tease them. You gotta please them. I don't know what the third part is. <laughs> I was trying to think of it myself. Sque- squeeze them. Like, um, it's that song from Fallout 4. Oh, yeah. It's the 60 minute man. <laughs> so stupid. I don't even, I don't, I generally don't listen to the radio in Fallout 4. So just listen to the sound of Yoko Ono screaming every 22 minutes. <laughs> no, like generally it's either podcasts or a video that I have on the second screen or metal music. You're really missing out on part of the, part, part of the experience, don't you think? I listened to it the one time. I went through everything once and then I was just like, yeah, I got it. Well, well, we are going to be discussing Southern Bastards, Volumes 2 and 3. Ostensibly volume book, one. not just not just people. Not just, uh, I mean, we both probably do know personal some Southern Bastards, but we're going to be discussing yeah. the comic book, Southern Bastards, uh, Volumes 2 and 3 in particular. Probably, I mean, one obviously does weigh in there, but we've, we've touched on that prior. Um, what do you say, Eric, about talking about some comic books that came out this week? How's that sound? All right. Okay, good. I'll, I'll let it, I'll let oh, it happen. Oh, that pregnant pause there got me a little worried. Uh, we can move on to our first segment. It is time for Wiggly Floppy. Wiggly Floppies is the part of the show. Eric and I will talk about a selection of this week's books. Tay to buy or do not buy them. May or may not be a mush mirror involved. It goes from one to five. Five being the mushiest. Sometimes we even disagree. Not usually. Mm. We're generally of a like mind. If, if if we maybe disagree on the finer details here and there. Our first book is Glitter Bomb, number one. Written by Jim Zub. Line art by... This is my best go at this. Jib- <laughs> the Jibril... Jib- I'm just going to say... Jib- I'm going to say the D is, is just Jibril Morissette Fawn. Or Fan? Probably Fan. Morissette Fan. Colors, K. Michael Russell. Letters, Marshall Dillon. Back matter, Holly Rochelle Hughes. I follow Jim Zub on Twitter. Why don't you quit bragging? I know. <laughs> you know, not to name drop or anything. <laughs> I can send a stupid message to Jim Zub whenever, whenever I, I want to. I can do it right now if I wanted. So I've oh. been, you know, he's been hyping this book up for uh, quite a long time, and I've been keeping an eye on it. And I liked, I mean, we both really enjoy Wayward, his most recent book. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Thunderbolts is actually the most recent, but. Our enjoy our our unenjoyment of that has nothing to do with Jim Zub. 
uh, has more to do with the art. I I don't know. I like I like this. I yeah. just feel like it hasn't hit its but like I I don't I feel like this book this issue like this I feel like this is gonna get better. Mm. Well, I don't think it's bad. It's no, no, it's just, not, not. It, it's an, it's a very weird book. Yeah, and the shape of it doesn't make sense. Um, like that whole part, like we're in this conversation with this guy, and he's saying some these. I don't know. He's saying some things that we're kind of uncomfortable hearing, and then she kills him on accident. But like, why would he invite her into his office just to say that? I mean, was he, I don't know. He called her up from across town to fire her. It's really weird. It doesn't make any sense. This book is just odd, but I think it's very good. And Zub is very good at, I mean, it's compelling. It's excellent. You know, the art feels older to me. You know, it feels kind of like a Why the Last Man era. It doesn't feel super modern. Like early, mid-2000s? Yeah. Yeah, but it's, uh, to me, this is a solid book. I, I, uh, there's enough here that I want to see more. And I think, I, I, I mean, some minor caveats aside, I think Zub has played it smart. He's not like overwritten this. It's not crazy. There's not a ton of shit in here. He's just like, here is simple premise. Here are compelling characters. Here's this scenario. Get in, get out. It's a comic book, and it works very fine for me. I, I, I think, I think that the best of this book is ahead of it. I, yeah. I, I think that's my like. I feel like this is everything about this is interesting and and good. I just, I, I think part of it is probably just my expectation, um, for it. But I, it does. It, I want to read more. I want to know what's going to happen. I feel like there's a lot of potential here in this premise and a lot of potential in the book. I, I like the art. I, this is, I think this artist is actually like a relative unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. My criticisms are not that it's bad art. No, no I understand. Um, but I like it and I'm on board for more. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a buy, even though I, I don't know. I, I, there's some like, Maybe I just expected something more dramatic, but the, the couple, like the second I, page, a dude gets his head impaled. So I guess I shouldn't. It's fairly dramatic, bro. Yeah, I know. I'm bye. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you completely. It's a solid book. Um, yeah, no, I I'm all in. No reason not to buy this book. It's a double buy on Glitter Bomb number one. Our second book up this week is Skyborn. Number one, created, written, and illustrated by Frank Cho, colored by Marcio Menez, Menez, Menz, Men, Menes, Men, I don't, lettered by Ed Dukeshire. So Frank Cho was, uh, we, I think we talked about, I don't know, a month or two, probably a couple months ago at this point, because we took a couple breaks, but, uh, about his, the Wonder Woman cover thing, mm-hmm. him, his problem with Greg Ruck and all that. Uh, and this is his, I don't know, I, I felt we should at least look at it, his trader owned solo book. Yes. What do you what What do you, Eric? It is. It is not. It is not a wretched book. It is not a horrible book. It is not really a gross sexist book. No. Um. There's. I don't know. It's. It's largely just sort of fine. I think that it is kind of. 
it's it, it it is a story that is written by a man who does pinups and one page splash pages of action scenes it it's not like garbage i mean the man's not an imbecile he's not a completely you know bereft of writing talent but it's it's a lot of everything you've seen before yeah i think it is just kind of rote yeah i mean it it's just like from A to B to C, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes in books, I like that. I just, when it's, I don't know. Like, it just, I don't know anything more. Like, this this female character that we've spent most of the book with, mm-hmm. I don't know much. Like, we see that she has powers. Yeah. And she can, like, she's willing to chop people's heads in half. Mm-hmm. Um, But I don't know anything about her. I feel like he's trying a little too hard. He's kind <laughs> to be like respectable or something i don't know like this is his idea of this is what a grown-up comic is or something like i think he should have just sort of gone deeper into the people that really like him i mean why in the hell isn't he doing like some weird i don't know like bikini babes riding dinosaurs comic like that's your audience dude like it's senseless to if you're going to create something and it's going to be your own thing, just, I don't know. People aren't coming to you looking for smart superhero-like secret agents. I, I think that is kind of the, the core of it. Like, this is not dumb enough to be a dumb comic. Yes. And not smart enough to be a smart comic. Yeah. So it, it needs to just go one either. Like, I, like towards the end where they start having, like, this, like, some monk dude with the magic staff and all that and him fighting the the woman i'm like i'm that's starting yeah. to get to the dumb stuff that i would like like just just dumb like seeing these powers it's the same like reason i like uh luther strode and trad moore is like this insane like superpower people just bouncing off each other you know dragon ball z style mm-hmm. like ludicrous fights yeah and it's starting to get there but then it seemed to be like just when I was starting, like what's happening? I'm like, oh, then there's a sword and she stabbed, and that's the end of this issue. And like all that stuff in the beginning, I, I don't know. It just didn't tell me much more about her than that she's more powerful than a normal person. Mm-hmm. I, I are, are you a buy? I think I could live without it. You know, I have. Um, I was a big fan of Frank Cho, and I think that this is a nice looking book. Um. But it's a lot of nothing special. It's the kind of thing that I feel pretty certain I can live without. I I didn't need to read this. So I guess no. I mean, you probably realize yourself what you feel about this. Like if you are crazy for Frank Cho, maybe pick it up. You already know the answer to that. Uh, For me, I don't know that that outgrown is really right, but it doesn't excite me the way it did when I was younger. Like, this is, I don't know, just not enough. Yeah, I, I feel I, like... I, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I could, I might come back to this at a later point yeah. and see if it goes anywhere interesting. But, I mean, it like, there's potential here with, like, because there's Excaliburs in this book for, I, like, that's the thing. Like, it, there's, if it, if you're going to have a, a mythos of all these things you got. I don't know. It feels like there's no groundwork here. It's just this. They're just trying to get this artifact. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about any of these people. And that. That. Mm-hmm. I, the, a plot 
for the most part, is not going to hook me to go read, get like subscribe to a book. It is the characters. Well, certain, certainly not a plot that you've seen. Yes. Hey, there's a, a powerful artifact, and people are trying to get it. Yeah, it's it's your pretty standard MacGuffin story with superheroes. Yeah. Um. So I I'm a do not buy. I, I we may I don't know come back and see where this book's after its first arc or something. But I don't. There's I mean Frank Cho's art looks nice, but there are many 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 artists working today who all mm-hmm. look have great terrific art. This is yeah. not we're not in a in a kind of some kind of wasteland where I like unless I have a really close attachment to an artist you know that's not going to sell me a book just because it looks really nice it does look really nice but it i the, the story is doing nothing for me mm-hmm. yeah. it's i don't know yeah boo <laughs> double do not buy skyboard number one next up is cyborg rebirth number one this is the book i've been excited to talk to you about eric mm. <laughs> okay here we go Written by John Semper Jr., pencils by Paul Pelletier, I'm guessing. I'm not, I've never actually heard his name said. I'm guessing he goes with the French pronunciation, but I'm not sure. It could be Pelletier or something like that. Inks by Sandra Hope and Tony Cordos. Guy Major on colors, Rob Lay on letters. I have, do you have, okay, before we get into the, into the, what happens in this comic book. We've read a couple cyborg books before, mm. here and there, like an issue or two. What is your idea of what who and who cyborg is? Do you have one? Largely no. Um he is one of the very few um notable black superheroes in the DC universe. Um and he's a robot. End of story. Yeah, that's I think all my impressions of him are from the cartoons more yes. than anything I've read. Like yeah. he just everything I've read is just made like he a lot of writers just seem to use him as like the machine machina machina where he's just like we need a problem oh he's a robot he fixes it because mm-hmm. he can plug he's like R two D two just plugs in and oh that fixes that problem he just comes in and he's like hacking skills yeah he just I'm in we get like a, a page of of like uh, code flashing matrix style across the screen and then the yeah. problem solved so I mean I I he's a character that I want to be interested in he is and has a lot of things that are inherently set him apart from the DC this the cadre of DC characters that have been all the most famous ones have been around for 80 years uh he's pretty new. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a black superhero. He's part, like part robot, cyborg, whatever you want to. That could be interesting that the mix of all those things together. I was fine with this book until I saw the name of the villain in the book. Oh, what was it? It was something so dumb. Um, malware. He's called malware. Yeah, that's that's like, you, you know, that guy was like t- trying to find a name. For the villain, he's like he goes to Google and he types "computer bad," and malware comes up, and he's like, "Perfect! I, Everyone will be really impressed by this in, this really clever name." I don't and like this villain is has no identity, so calling itself malware seems like if you're gonna be a villain, it calls itself malware. I want some kind of like corny, cheesy grandstanding behind that. Like I want uh, I want the villain to be the guy who types into computer Google bad like computer bad into Google and that he goes oh malware that'll be my name, 
but instead it's like a this is like a sentient robot thing some we don't even really know what it is um and that point on I don't know, I think it does a pretty good job at establishing uh, uh, the background for Cyborg, if you're not familiar with it. I um, guess a little bit, but it seems like it's been... I swear to God, we just read everything that happened in this book. We did. Like, That's what I mean. Not like, that long ago. I, I, and like, I'm fine with them having some of that background stuff in here. Mm-hmm. I just want them to also move... I don't know. It's hard for me to read any books that are about robots or data or the internet that post vision like i'm reading vision Uh now and vision is so smart and so cleverly done about a you know a a android trying to figure out what life is and all that i i like i'm like oh this what is this what is in this vault what is the villain going after Uh what is cyber gonna find out Uh, what's and like i was ready to be excited about what he finds and and then like and it he he finds like Stuff about Cyborg's existence, about like, is he inherently like, is he really, mm-hmm. is he, is he actual this his son? Is that he's the same person now, or is it a completely different? Like, I'm like, okay, they could do things with this and make it good, but then it goes to the last two pages, and now there's it has like just a com- computer screens full of all the different, I guess, robot DC characters. Some are villains, some are, I guess, ambivalent, but and then. There's a robot version of his father. I I just I'm com- perplexed by what what is going. What is happening, Eric? Why is there a robot dad? All the answers, like I can I can spell it to you out very simply. Okay. This is a bad comic book. Okay. <laughs> like I like it. Just just reading it exhausts me. Why do you need so many words to say, "Hey, this is really stupid"? Because this is I. I I didn't get too deep into this until it was just like, oh, thank you for this again within in a short span. Thank yeah. you for a dumb. Thank you for wrapping this in a dumb monster of the week story. Thank you for not starting at the beginning of the story. Thank you for insulting my intelligence. Thank you for taking a character that I mean, you could have a statement. You could make you could you could say something in doing a bland whitewashed version of just whatever like don't say anything rehash old books spin your wheels waste your money and 20 pages of reading because it's at least it's not 22 pages the the i i mean i don't even need to get granular on this and the silly shit that it says because it it doesn't matter this book just it makes me angry when it's such a missed opportunity. You know, the, 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 the art's not terrible, and I don't even know. I don't even know that I would I, – I don't know if this is this writer's fault or if they're just like, make this a dumb book for for tweens it's, I, about this guy. That's like so many of these Rebirth books say way too much. Like they have, they're just, they're, why, why isn't it just this? Why does, why is it starting so soon? Why is it starting so like, Mm. why, why can't it just start with him fighting the monster in this room? Why can't it, or like a page before that? Why? And then him finding that stuff and then him dealing with that stuff. Are they like, even beyond that, it's a meaningless frame story. We're never going to see this stupid thing again. No, I know. That's what I mean. But like, if it's going to be a nameless monster, why even bother naming it? Just have it be him killing it 
in this in this defeating it in this room and then finding the secret and then hey look let's talk about that secret and then ex- maybe explain why there's all these if this is I, like i it, it so many of these rebirth books have done this no it's like, true i mean it it's there's there's no content of which to speak there's no, there's nothing that's really that interesting nothing that you haven't seen before it's rehash a bunch of stuff and you know we'll give somebody a, an excuse to fork over 3.99 i just like in these rebirth books have been very successful but i am not going to be buying cyborg 1 the real time it's it's the real number 1 this time like i'm not if these for the most part if these rebirth rebirth books we are a double do not buy on i'm not bothering we're not i'm there's so many comics out why would i bother checking mm-hmm. in on a book that is not like it feels like they're not like is this a, like there's like how many like the batman book we liked the green arrow mm. that was those both were like wow i mean i'm batman i don't think the rebirth book needs to be good to sell but green arrow in particular i'm like wow i will read this book now i in a book i probably otherwise wouldn't i don't understand i don't understand why they aren't putting it like make every one of these super exciting make everything like dramatic and important you see that requires writing talent or at the very least it requires like i don't know like a plan that doesn't involve oh it tell the same shit again and end with one piece of new information yeah because that's like most like most of these rebirth books have been have been 18 pages of things we already know and then two pages of like, hey, this is going to be the stuff that happens for real. I'm like, well, why don't just start with that? Yeah. Or if you're there, I, there has to be a simpler way to encapsulate, like figure out one thing the book is about and then just we'll focus on that. And this not just applies to this one. It applies to me. I'm just getting tired of these rebirth books. <laughs> like so many of them are like, here's the background and here's everything and here's this and here's that. I'm like, well, you don't have to do everything right now just do the one thing you really really care about and focus on that one thing tell a really cool thing about a story about that one thing that's important what is cyborg is cyborg going to be about uh being a black guy you know justice league it is all white people is cyborg going to be about a robot trying to find its humanity is cyborg going to be about trying to figure out his like how is how family works now that Mm -hmm. like choose one well i imagine we're going to get you know a shitty version of any of those things, or would, at least the least controversial of them. I'm a, I'm a do not buy. Oh God, no, no, no. Double do not buy. Cyborg Rebirth number one. I don't. I these rebirth. But I don't. I don't really. I, how many more are there going to be? I feel like we're just continually. I don't, whatever. Okay. I'm just angry at DC. Uh, it's, it's 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 the default position. <laughs> I, we've well, we've we've come back around to like, oh damn it. There's they, there's. Okay. Our next book, Knight's Dominion, number one, written and illustrated by Ted Knife. I say Knife. I've had many opportunities to ask him how to fucking say his name, and I never have. Uh, lettered by Adia Aditya Bidakar, and let's see, designs <laughs> by Keith Wood. Uh, this is this is marketed. Uh, the solicitations like for fans of Skull Kickers and Rat Queens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much like, hey, it's a fantasy adventure. Using kind of D and D tropes, yeah, yeah, to kind of mess around with them. What do you think? Um, 
I like Ted Naife quite a lot. I think he's a very good artist. I've never actually, this is the first thing I've ever read by the man. I just sort of know him from cons and I have some of his books on my wish list. Um, you know, he's got a good thing for strong female characters and I respect that. That's a thing I really like in fiction. Um, I mean, not just like strong as in good characters, but like also powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I like both of those things. Um, this is just, I, I want it to be a little bit more focused. Like it seems like it starts off as one thing and then takes a hard shift into another thing. And by the end, it's just showing me things. And I'm like, what, what am I, what am I looking at here? Who are all these characters? Why, why do I not know what the shit's happening here? Yeah, I hit the same thing. And I don't know. I, I, like it starts off like, hey, the party meets in a bar, in a tavern, mm-hmm. which is a very D&D trope. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, un- I'm getting character about each of these little, each of the, each of the party members, each, you know, there's the cleric and there's a bard and then there's a thief and then there's an assassin. And I'm getting a little bit about that. And then that, like in the middle of the story, suddenly Hawkman shows up and I don't, mm-hmm. in that, I'm not sure what's well, happening. I, I don't, I don't know what's I happening. I read him as, uh, I read him as he's, uh, he's D and D Batman. Okay. I mean, that's, yeah, I assume he's like, he's some sort of enforcer. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I, I just, I'm, am I dumb? I felt, no. okay. I, I just think that the narrative of this is, I, I think you run the risk of, of stuff like this, create your own books. I mean, it's, I don't know when you're too close to it. It, it just, I, I think you need to have a lot of people read things and say, does it make sense? Do you understand what's going on? A person that always seems to do it perfectly is uh, Karen Gillan, that he can introduce a ton of characters and and make a narrative, and I'm never confused. Like, this just sort of gets to a point where, well, here's all these characters. Well, who's this, and what's why is this person doing this? I, I'm confused about the characters and the motivation. That is, no, that's, that's, that's weakness in the storytelling. I mean, the art is as beautiful as it could be, but I think um, I think the script could have used just a little bit of attention. It's not like it's a million miles off. It just needs to be tightened up a little bit. I don't. I I feel like it. Like the groundwork was there. Like you don't like having like those like tropes and all that stuff be like the foundation of your story. That is perfectly fine because yeah. you can often build really compelling and interesting things from mm-hmm. like the very simplest of foundations yeah. it does not have to be like oh here's a complete like there's only so many sh- stories so many story shapes that are that are out there and it sometimes it's even better to start with a very simple thing and then mm-hmm. have stuff spin off of off around it you're right i like the it's just connections like i don't know why this yeah. we're introduced all the characters then Two of them go off, and then one of them goes off, and then that they encounter the the guy with the wings, and then I don't know what in particular is happening. I I, I yeah. do. It does look great. It it looks really nice. The art's wonderful. Um, but I just I don't know the stakes. Yeah. Like I there's so many. Like I know that the the cleric needs the money to pay off for the, the church debts, or and then there's also like 
there's all these different motivations for trying to get this heist going. And I just don't know who's wants what. And then they go off and the guy with the wings is there. I'm like, who's this guy? I don't know. I'm, I don't, I don't know. I, are you where you stand? You buy? I'm a little soft on it. I, um, I think it might just be a first issue jitters. I would imagine. I can't imagine this being a hot mess for too long. I imagine by the end of issue two, probably by issue three, this will all make a lot of sense. Um, so I don't know. I think I could go by maybe a three because it is good. And I like, I don't know. Ted Nyfaz, uh, a, uh, and I really hope I'm not saying his name wrong, but probably am. Who knows? I, I don't know. He's, he's a, he is a cool gentleman. You know, I would, I don't know. I would like to see what is what this ends up being and what his other books are like. Yeah, I feel I like I do think he's a, he's he is a talent. I'm I think I'm gonna buy him a little bit more. I'm like mush meter four. I think I'm mm. a little bit mushier. I yeah. I do think that I will give it a couple issues. You know, read a, along and see if things become clearer. Because if the story straightens out, the art is great, and I you know I. Generally, am on board for a lot of D and D stories, D and D fantasy adventure, whatever you want. I like those things, and I want them to be good. So I don't. I feel like that it's not. It, I don't know. I'm a mush meter four buy, so it's a, a double buy, three point five on the mush, on the mush, mm-hmm. on the mush. Okay, Eric. Our last book of the week. Is it just where? where what? Oh, where, what happened? Okay, I lost it. <laughs> I, I was I, accidentally threw his iPad out the window. It just it just flew. Well, no, a, a, a moose came in. Oh yeah, and took it. It moosed it up. Mm-hmm, that happens in Canada. You just get used to it. So you just you you. We got moose insurance. We're, it's no, we're, it's we're no just, big deal. They'll they'll okay, pay for good. it. Yeah, that's good. You you just completely ignored my magnificent. I didn't hear you. Quick witted pun. I didn't hear you. What'd you say? It's, it's fine. Well, I said it moves everything up. <laughs> oh, yep, it did. Oh. Our last book is Thin Number One, written and illustrated by John Clark, lettered by April Brown. This book is not what I was expecting. Mm. I I don't. From this, I read a solicitation for this. I looked at. it, I went. It's a weird indie thing. One guy pretty much did it. Let's see what he does with this premise, which is there's this overweight lady mm-hmm. and, you know, her husband's cheating on her. She, you know, seeks, tries to, she eats food when, you know, she has an eating problem, eating disorder. Um, and she wants to get skinny at any cost. I was expecting like a more like realistic kind of. And not like a weird. Yeah. Like horror story. Yeah. It, it turns, it, I, I mean, I've also, I've seen a horror stories involving like eating and, and o- obesity and stuff before. Not like this. I think I like it. I think I could, depending on what it does. I mean, obviously, but I don't know. I, it, I, I think I like it. What do you say? I don't know. I'm, I'm. It's interesting. It's not a thing that you see in comics. Um, it's just so anomalous, you know. It, the story about a woman with an eating disorder, and you don't really see anything from a fat person's point of view. 
No, like you don't. Ever, like like ever. I think like, what that like faith not that ever. faith comic book was. Yes. I think the only thing in recent memory that was like, hey, your protagonist is an overweight person. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's truth to things that they're saying. I mean, people are really hostile to uh, significantly overweight people. They're just not fucking nice. Um, and this is this is what people's lives are like. Do you, um, do you think you would have preferred it if you would you think you'd like it more if it didn't turn that the stuff right at the end where it suddenly turns into more of a horror story? I or think sci-fi it, or whatever it is. I I mean I think like as a comic book, just sort of it would, for the medium, it functions like it would, better as a horror story. I a horror story or. Like it, it feels like everything about it feels like it's being built up to some weird twist, some weird swerve. Um, I couldn't, I really couldn't see. Like I, I got just from the way the artwork, the artwork looks. Mm-hmm. Sort of in the middle, I'm like, well, this is supposed to. I'm supposed to feel tense here. I'm supposed to feel this. This is going to be a horror comic. And then I saw that weird tapeworm thing, and I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know. I have complicated feelings about this. It's not horrible, and it doesn't really seem to be like making fun of this woman. No. It doesn't feel mean or shitty. No, it doesn't. It's just that, like, here's the reality of her life. It's really, it, it's a really shitty thing that she has to go through. She has this compulsion. She can't really, she can't really change her behavior by herself. And she doesn't know what to do to get help, and so she's, she and she's desperate. So she goes to the to the human centipede doctor. <laughs> He's the doggy doctor too. He's dogs. Yeah. He's breeding dogs. Yeah, the, the the. I mean, that was basically where you know. I mean, the the artwork definitely pushes you that direction. But I think right then you're like, okay, I'm supposed to be super tense right now. I, I it's not that I didn't expect necessarily you know, like horror like gross or like something bad happening i didn't expect it to be i thought just hey the doctor shady is going to do something bad i did not expect there's some to be some sort of creature involved at all uh mm. I, i'm do you know a, do you know a thing that i really like about this what is that this the story is most i mean it's certainly from her point of view because when you look at all the food in this is the only thing with color there's the food, and then there's her friend who's hot now. It's her dress. Mm-hmm. You know, there's little things like that, you know, that it's, I don't know. I think that's an interesting touch. I also think it's in, weird that she's eating ice cream with bean dip. And the, anim, the animal, the creature at the end is also colored. Yes. Well, that's just because blood. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a buy. I, this is a weird thing. You're right. It's completely, like, out of left field. It's so strange. I, but I think that is part of the appeal to me. It's like, this is like, I mean, if you are doing something completely unique, I am, I want to see what it is. And I, I hope that this woman continues to be our protagonist. I do not, I don't know what, I don't know where this book is going, but I, 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 I'm a buy. I like it. Yeah. I, I don't know if the feelings that I have about this bush book are, are mushiness. I don't know what the story is there. But um, I think you should check this out. This is like, yeah, this is a weird gamble in comics. So I think people should take a look at it. I think it's 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 worth checking out. The weird Greg Land picture of the girl 
pulling her skirt up is super weird and yeah, out of place. It is. I, but I mean, I feel like it fits in more as you get the general tone of the comic. Like you look back at it and you're okay. It's just it's a it's kind of like to put you on edge to go mm-hmm. like, well, this is what is happening. What? Why is this woman? Yeah. And then you're like, oh wait, it, and like it's a bizarre like dream dreamscape that this woman is in. You buy solid buy. No, I, I, I'm not going to put any mush in there. It's, um, I think people should just sort of check it out and support it. And if it go, if it goes bad, it goes bad. Who knows? Who knows? Comics are an adventure. They are. Uh, double buy. buy. Double buy. Yeah. Thin number one. Uh, did you read anything else this week? Yeah, but uh, not weekly books. Oh, okay. I bought other comic books. Of course you did. You are you're a monster. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. With that, Week of Lobbyists is over. There'll be more next week. There's always more comics. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for Checking In. Checking In is the part of the show. Eric and I have been, uh, Eric and I talk about what we've been up to during uh, the week, or not in this case, two weeks since our last recording. Uh, talk about movies, books, video games, anything. You want to, want me to go first, Eric, and then you can do your, yeah, no. I'm just so exhausted even thinking about it. I'll just take a nap during my uh, check-in time. Is that okay? <laughs> That's fine. You could sleep. Yeah. Let's be, I'll I'll, I'll, be, I'll I'll try and snore like really entertaining in an entertaining way. I'll leave in the silence so people know that it was you were. Yeah. That's what you were doing. I'll I'll try and snore like a like a nineteen uh like an old Disney cartoon. Um, I really only have one big thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And everything else is kind of just, uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, there's a movie out. It's been out for maybe a month now. Uh, it's Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm-hmm. Have you heard, seen anything about this? Well, I think it's the summer movie that, and it's not really a very summer blockbustery movie, but I think that it looks like the only good movie to have come out this summer. It's not doing super well at the box office. I think it's yeah. doing, I think it's doing okay. It may, if it keeps doing okay, it will be fine but it's not like it's a raging success or anything but it is uh by Leica Studios or Leica Productions one of the two I forget their actual their full name but they've done Coraline Paranorman The Box Trolls basically I can't think of really any other big uh you know like stop motion animation films but they don't is can you can think of other any other stop motion stuff happening like full length movies right now no like in the past couple of years Mm-mm. no it's, I can't uh... I can't really think either it's really expensive and hard to do. Right. Um, um, this this film's budget is roughly sixty million. I think as of last weekend, it had made thirty seven in the box office. That's mm-hmm. and that's not counting marketing. But um, I uh, I think this is my favorite of their films. Mm. Uh, which Coraline was my previous favorite. I think I like this more than Coraline. This is it is a fantasy adventure. Uh, I I'm guessing Japanese mythology influenced. It's certainly Asian. I think it's Japanese on top of that. I'm not positive. Um, it is absolutely beautiful. Mm. Like, I think it looks, it, I think they are getting better at least the, at the animation and, and like, I don't see the seams. Like, it, it, the, you know, I, I can, even if I do see the seams occasionally in stop motion animation, I don't care. I still think it, it's such a neat, interesting I think, thing. I, I kind of feel like the seams really kind of are the whole point of it. You know, if it's not going to look a little Muppety, I mean, why do it with, and I I'm, I don't mean literally Muppets, but why do it with, with Muppets, you know? A little, a little jank in there just to give you an idea. Yeah. 
that was kind of i mean i really liked paranorman right i liked it a lot and there were many many parts where i'm like is this is this 3d is the cgi and it's like i don't know you, that shouldn't it's like drawing to replicate a photograph that right. shouldn't be your only goal like you shouldn't be trying well, to do i'm not trying was, to go ahead i'm not trying to say that it doesn't look like stop motion animation it does i'm just saying like it is like fully realized i don't know i feel like they are getting closer to just fully realizing what they want to do with it mm-hmm. like they're achieving th- there is i think only one part in, in the movie that is actual cgi which I don't think the thing it is, it's not achievable. Like, I don't think you can do it with stop motion. Um, but it is like a great adventure story. I don't know. I've heard some complaints online about the ending. I thought the ending was really great. Uh, I thought the whole movie is really great. It is, it is exactly long as it should be. The writing's really tight. Performances are good. Uh, it is, looks beautiful. It's fun. Uh, I, I don't know if you haven't seen it yet. And you like, it's a, you know, it's like a perfect movie for any, like, I don't know, people are complaining that it's not great for little kids. I'm like, well, if, I don't know, a 10 year old, I, if 10 year old me saw this movie, I would have loved it. Um, it is like, it is, there's like very much like kind of Zelda. There's a lot of adventure of Zelda, like Zelda style game, like that fantasy RPG kind of influence on the character, on like all the characters like are that very much like very, I don't know, cartoony but menacing all at the same time. I don't know. I, I really like it. I and I, I wish it was doing better. I I would heartily recommend any if you're a fan of any of their films, please definitely should see it. I have. I'm actually kind of upset with myself that I haven't seen it yet. So I am glad that you uh, you went to support it. That's very cool. It's very good. Um, yeah. Uh, recommend that. I've been, all the video games I've been playing are the games I've had for, I've been playing Overwatch and Enter the Gungeon. So, nothing, nothing new. Um, I do want to note that Tom King's Omega Men, which is, was 12 issues, it was, I, canceled, quote unquote. I don't, like the, the, it was canceled, then uncanceled. Mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing the uncancellation had something to do with him signing on as an exclusive writer to DC. They're like, okay, we'll let him finish. This is the, the wait the Tom King book. Yeah, the Tom King book. Uh, yeah, that that was on the New York Times bestseller that's, list, and that is why I bring it up because it was a book that was almost canceled and still had base pretty low sales. Um, and now it is on the New York Times bestseller list. Another example of the direct market being a very poor judge mm-hmm. of of what comics and how comics should be no, when, sold when and made. Look, I mean, look at that list. Of what the best sellers are, mm-hmm. and none of them are those collections. Like I think, literally none of them. I, I, like it all stood out to me as it was like Raina Telgemeier. Like I think she had two spots on there, mm-hmm. and Persepolis literally had two spots on there. Yep. Um, it's uh, it's it's those those type. Like I think the only comic like uh, Watchmen and Killing Joke are two of the ones that in Civil War. Like, those are the only superhero comics that ever seem to ever actually, like, break that barrier. And everything else is that stuff you find in bookstores. Because mm-hmm. the people who buy books, they don't go to comic book stores. They don't no. want to buy an individual issue of a comic book. They want to buy a collection so that they can get at least a, a actual story. They don't, you know, like, and I don't know. It's just is a very emblematic of how flawed the mark 
market of of like of us of the comic book companies and us mm-hmm. as consumers at the, the end of the line supporting this weird system of distribution. It's uh, it's so strange. I mean, would would anyone who like watch television like let's say that in this world that we're in that oh yeah well you have cable and you have a show that you really love and uh, you know you know, maybe maybe on this schedule a new episode will come out maybe not you know that's a god I was just thinking about Southern Bastards and how infrequently those those issues come out but this is it's clearly the whole way that it's distributed is based entirely around fanatics. Yes. And not around the broad market, which is exactly why it doesn't, I don't know, it's why the sales aren't um, like the way they should be. I, I don't, I'm like, and I don't, you can do both. I don't know why there is so, so much fear about going after bookstores and all that. Um, I know that I've read, I read recently read an interview about, uh, from the, the one of the Mar- Marvel kind of, managerial guys who handles that stuff marketing and distribution and all that stuff and it was very fascinating but he's just like yeah we're expanding you know we're having they're going to be selling uh you know collections of squirrel girl and uh and uh moon girl and double dinosaur and there's a third i forget what the third book is but they're going to be selling that through scholastic book fairs i'm like well that's good that you should be i don't know why why aren't you doing that already like I don't understand, like how how could it be taking so long to know that that is the right move, or to or look at Raina Telgemeier, like God, mm-hmm. how many comics she sells? Why is it taking so long to realize that there's people out there who will buy, who want? There's people, there's people who like comic books who don't want to buy single issue co- of comic books. Mm-hmm. You can, like, I don't. Like, are we going to, in 10 years, are comic books going to be $7 a piece, like single issues? Because, and we're going to have, I don't, I, don't, I, I think it, I just saw that. And I thought it was very interesting. I think it is incredibly interesting. It, it, it really is very telling. And I saw that and didn't even think about it. So I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you bring it up. Um, but I, I think that'll do it. We can. Mm-hmm. Tell me about New York City, Eric. I looked at your pictures. I was very jealous. They all looked. It looked very, very neat. I'm. Uh, I'm. I think that's really the key: is uh, get really good at social media, so everything you do looks like magical wonderland. I. I don't know. I had a blast. I had never been to New York City before. I specifically like. Like I could have Ubered everywhere. I specifically wanted to you know, ride the Metro as much as possible. Like on my first night I did it just because I'm like, all right, whatever, I'm going to get lost. And it took me like an extra hour to get to my Airbnb because <laughs> I got so lost, but it's, I don't know the, probably the most succinct way to talk about New York city, my friend Yatri who lives in Harlem, the way he described it, he says pretty much every stereotype that everyone repeats about New York city it's all true. It's all super true. Everything you see, but like almost everything about this, it's like it's different than you imagine it. Like it doesn't look the way you imagine it. It doesn't feel the way you imagine it. Like it's different. It's not what they present in the movies. You know, it's not that New York. It's it's just so weird and so different. But I got to do a lot of fun stuff and eat a lot of good food. I I regret I was never able to find, like, a really great pizza place. I had pizza twice. 
and it was fine both times. It was just sort of incidental pizza, but uh, did get to go to, did you see the pictures from Peter Luger Steakhouse? I remember a picture of steak. <laughs> that was uh that was a real treat. That's um I think it's the old it's certainly the oldest steakhouse in the city and it's in Brooklyn. So we we went there just really 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 good food. I ate tuna grade sushi in the street. Um and like then my hat Yeah, I know. It was it was actually pretty magical, you know. We just sort of wandered we were waiting for this is a good story, actually. We were, this was before Peter Luger. It was the same day, and we're like wandering around trying to fit in the high points of my research. We're trying to fit them into our schedule. So we decided to mess around in that neighborhood while we were waiting for a comic book store to open. That store is called Mysterious Time Machine, which I gotta say, that's like, that's like top five best comic book store names. Like, that's, that's pretty good. It's a good name. That's a that's a that's a really good comic book store name. Um, so we go like a little bit down the block, and we find this uh, really nice like grocery store and market. And I just wandering around, and I start talking to the fishmonger, and I I keep asking him dumb questions, and I'm just like wasting this guy's time, right? So I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to buy anything from you. I can't cook this stuff. Like, what can I buy from you that I can eat raw? And he's like, I got just the thing. And he cuts me off a piece of this sushi-grade tuna. And he's like, go get some soy sauce and just eat this. So we, like, wandered to a little park in the middle of the street and sat down. It was me and my friend Cameron, who lives in uh, Philly. He took the $12 bus from Philly to New York to hang out with me for the weekend. And we're we're eating this sushi in the street, and I'm like, well, this is a this is a, an auspicious moment. I'm going to take a picture of this, and my hat blows off into the street, and I'm like, I, I'm watching this happen, and I'm like, well, this is that's the end of that hat. I am, <laughs> I no longer have my infamous stupid cowboy hat. Well, lo and behold, all the cars start stopping when they see the hat fucking blowing into the street. Like, there's, like, four cabs, and they all fucking stop, you know? So my friend Cameron, like, sees this happen, and, like, a friggin' superhero jumps up after my hat, runs out and grabs it once he sees that it's relatively safe, and then comes back. And I I don't know. I, I still can't believe that it happened. You know, every part of it is ridiculous. But um, a lot of little things like that. It's a really really neat city and um one thing that i really was pleasantly like happy to see and i think a lot of it was because we went over labor day and a lot of people were out of town Mm -hmm. so there were so many fewer people on the street but like people in new york are cool like you they get this like rap of being like you know they're walking on the sidewalk and they have intense road rage you know they Mm -hmm. have sidewalk road rage right and you just think that they're huge dicks and they hate everyone. And that was absolutely not my experience at all. And a lot of people that I talked to said, yeah, people in New York are super nice. So that's, that is like a, a stereotype that I'm very happy. Um, that's not something that I encountered. Like there were just super nice people everywhere. Like it's, I know 
the thing that they said that you could just do is you just ask people on the street for directions and they're just like oh no fuck you they're they're not like that they're almost everyone is like completely happy to help you it's it's crazy how nice people were but it's uh i don't know it's great and i kind of can't think of i i want to go back really bad i want to spend i want to go when things are actually open go i never got to go to museums i didn't go to there was a bookstore in brooklyn called um desert island you should just Google this place right now and tell me if this doesn't look like – describe it and then tell me if this doesn't look like a place that I need to go. I mean, just looking at the pictures on their Tumblr page, it's a bunch of weird-ass comics mm-hmm. and weird-ass art. They they specialize in you know art and th- like European comics and books like that. So, I mean, it's pretty well up my street. It looks like a know. place that you would like a lot. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm driving at. Yeah, but I di- I didn't get enough time to spend in Brooklyn. I didn't. I don't know. I would. Th- that's sort of the thing about the whole city is you. I mean, I don't know. You could you could spend a lifetime exploring it. It was really kind of amazing. The the thing that I did the most was I looked at street art, and that f- that felt really good. Like I went to Queens and to Astoria in Queens and. There's a huge Wellington mural project there, and I took, like, almost 100 pictures of that, and I took, like, 60 or 70 more just wandering around the city. So I just did a lot of wandering around walking. I got coffee three times every day, <laughs> and I slept about four hours every night. It was uh, it was really intense. I visited uh, three of the five boroughs, and I had a blast. I really want to go back soon. It's It's a... It's a pretty cool fucking city. New York City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm broke as a joke, though. Oh, do you want to hear about the loot that I got? Sure. We went to a place called Book Off. Jesus Christ, I went to so many bookstores. I guess it, I, I don't know. It says something about me that I went to Mysterious Time Machine. I went to the Strand, which is, I think, the biggest bookstore in New York. It's huge. Um, it's got like five floors, four floors, something like that. Um, bought a copy there of uh, Allison Bechtel's uh, Dykes to Watch Out For. There's actually a huge production of Fun Home, another one of her books, on Broadway now, if you weren't aware of that. I was not. Yeah, I was not either until I got there, and it's like, Fun Home, by the author of Fun Home. I'm like, okay, this is just Allison Bechtel. But, you know, congrats on her for that success. I bought a lot of porn comics at Mysterious Time Machine. I felt super good about that. <laughs> I bought a, a Wally Wood dirty comic, and I bought a um, copy of Omaha the Cat Dancer, which I always wanted to read. It's a very silly book for furries that was made in like the eighties or something. It's cute. It's 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 really well made. Um, also went to Book Off, which is a Japanese chain of um, used bookstores. I think I'm not really sure how their model works, but. I know their basement was like Weeb Central, and I bought a whole bunch of manga that were in Japanese, you know, because I'm that guy. I couldn't get into Desert Island, and I'm so mad about that. Needed to go to a fourth bookstore. (laughs) I actually went to two other comic book stores that I'm not naming, um, and I just didn't get anything because they seemed more like just regular old comic book stores, or they, like, one of them was just weird. 
in a way that I wasn't really wanting. <laughs> like I, I wandered there. It's in Greenwich Village and it's not, it's not, uh, Bleecker Street bookstore. It's like part of the same company or something. I don't know. It's very small and it's got some weird name, like not another fascist bookstore or something. I don't remember, but I wandered in there and they were literally having an open mic at like, I don't know, like 1130. They were having an open mic in a comic book store. It was super weird. And on my way out, they thought I was like trying to sign up for the open mic and they handed me the list. They're like, here, <laughs> you're going to do some stand up for me. You're the cowboy comedian. Some improv. Yeah. Give me a place and an <laughs> occupation. I hear phone booth and plumber. All right. Huh. You could you could make that funny. You could, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's the, the, that is the best improv, guys mm-hmm. and ladies. Yeah, I I walk. I found the Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, speaking of comedy, I found the Upright Citizens Brigade and the Comedy Cellar. Comedy Cellar is where uh, Louis films the comedy bits in Louis. Mm-hmm. Wasn't his last? Didn't his last special wasn't? Where is that filmed? It was in a. It was oh. in a small room. It was not in a big theater maybe it was there too i can't remember it always interests me when i see these places like i went to a show at the 40 watt club which is where a Patton oswalt album was recorded maybe even a brian posein album too but it's it, it's interesting that these places are real and you can go to them yeah like that's the thing that's the freakiest is like i was just literally like i wonder if i should go to new york and then i fucking went to new york and I'm like, I could have done this at any time. <laughs> <laughs> and so can you. Yeah, there's no limits to. There really isn't like money. Like, okay, money is I have a, uh, yeah, like I have a couple of bucks. Like, dude, you could you could go on the cheap, you know, couch surf. Yeah, you couch surf. You take a damn bus. You hang out. You eat street food like you can easily eat good for like fifteen dollars a meal. And if you don't have to eat a lot, you're golden. Like my friend Cam, it was almost painful, like traveling with him because I'm like, well, we just ate, so let's go eat again. <laughs> and he's like, I eat once a week. That's, that's a Jim Gaffigan joke. It is a little bit, but that's exactly what vacation no, is. No, but I mean, like, literally, that is the joke. He's like, oh, I, I know. Okay. I, 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 I'm familiar with Mr. Jim Gaffigan. I'm familiar with my dad, Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Um, no, like uh, when we were waiting for Mysterious Time Machine to open, I was literally eating something on the way to eat something because we were squeezing in a bookstore and eating tuna before going to a steakhouse. That's what you do so, on vacation. I mean, fuck yeah, you do. You, you, and I still somehow managed to lose weight. Well, walking so, around probably like, what, 10 dude, hours I walked, a day? I walked, no, I walked 18 miles. Yeah, exactly. That will do it. And, uh, and uh, the the day I went to Astoria for the the murals, I walked the most. I walked nearly ten miles. So yeah, it was a pretty pretty amazing little trip. We keep thinking about it. It's good to see the world. It is. I'm. Uh, it's gotten me excited because as you as you probably know, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to Germany. Amst- I'm going to Amsterdam, Germany, France. Uh, one of the Scandinavian countries. I forget which one. Finland, Denmark, Norway. I I don't. All remember. of them. They're all one. That's no, the not they're all. It's one place. Europe is a country. Yeah, you're going there. 
There were a lot of people in Europe searching for what is the EU when Brexit happened. Did you see that thing that I posted? I did not see that. Wow. That's, I mean, it is scary, but I, it's, I don't, I, I, that same level of ignorance is prevalent pretty much everywhere. So. No, it's true. I, I just think that it's funny. We should move on. I we, don't need to talk about the, dumb shit like we, that. You don't want to talk about European politics? I will. No, what's not? I don't, I don't, I don't think, to. I don't think anyone signed up for that. No. Except no. you. <laughs> I, everything it entails. Uh, we can move on. To our final segment. You ready to talk about some bastards? I am ready to bastard it up, bro. Excellent. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show. Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and uh, discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week, we are discussing Southern Bastards, Volumes 2 and 3 primarily. Uh, Jason Aaron, Jason Latour, uh, was he Chris Bruner? Brunner? As a guest artist. Mm-hmm. On, I snuck on, him in there on one issue. This I don't. This it seems like fully fleshing out both Coach Boss and the world. Mm-hmm. Like we see a lot. We see the Coach Boss's origin. We see we see his his origin and how he became who he is today. Plus the environment and how many people want to kill him. Which is a good number. Yeah, rightly so. He's a he's a he's a, he's a jerk bag. He's a bastard. I mm-hmm. he's uh, not a misnomer. Um, but he's so compelling, even as a monstrous man. I don't know. I I still re- I I really like following what's happening to him, even mm. knowing that he's not a good person. Yeah, it's uh. It's not even anti-hero. No. It's just really compelling villain. Right. And we we see uh, the death of, was it Coach Biggs? Just Big. Big. Coach Big. Coach Big. I keep putting S's on things. Coach Big. It's true. There's um, tubs of Bigs everywhere. <laughs> Coach Big and how that, how much Big had on, how much influence he had on Coach Boss and... His like, I don't know. We had we had voiced the fear that he was going to be like the you know the magical Negro character. I mean, he is. Yeah, he he is. But like when you're helping, I mean, boss is not really the protagonist. No, exactly. He's you know he is, it's he's that spin it, it, on it, but for the villain. yeah yeah exactly. He is, but it's not it's not a hack thing. You know when you when he does it and he helps the. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't need to rehash that. No, I mean, like you get. I just it makes me think of that. What's that golf movie with with Matt Damon and Will Smith? Oh, what's it called? You know what I'm talking about, Eric? Mm -mm. Will Smith. Is it is it Black People or Magic? Yes, that that is the name. Might as well be. It's Legend of Bagger Vance. It is about uh, a, a very famous white golfer loses his swing, and like this isn't like set like. When is it set? It's like turn of the century, like twenties or something. Probably mm-hmm. like, like twenties. Um, but and then Will Smith plays a, a like a mysterious black tutor who makes him Bagger Vance, this legend of Bagger Vance, who gets his swing back and then walks off into the into the mist and disappears. And like that is actually what happens in the movie. And in this, this is like the weird, distorted version of it where 
Coach Big does help, does serve as like a coach and mentor for Boss, and then realizes, oh, I was actually mentoring, uh, I was helping create a monster. Mm-hmm. I should have let him stay in his broken down trailer with his beat up, beat, beat up, terrible dad. I, I don't know. It's these okay. Is do you think Boss is racist? I mean, it really depends on what you mean by that question. Um, okay, did, did you think he purpose, purposely and actually, like, does he discriminate against minorities in day-to-day life? You know, I think the only evidence we would have for that is it looks like he coached Jacob, or not Jacob, he, he coached Esau and Materhead right. in the sheriff issue. Mm-hmm. And instead of having the sheriff be part of his crew, the way that those guys were, he just stops him from going on to do bigger and better things. I mean, he does keep him in his pocket, but he's not sort of in the inner circle. So maybe. Yeah, I don't. That's the thing. Like, I, I, I mean, the only thing I can imagine is. Because he is a black guy and he was aspiring to do these things, you know? Right. That he was sleeping with that white teenage girl when he was a kid. And he was, um, you know, he's going to go off and play college ball. He was going to be, you know, this this big athlete. Like, I think that if anything was a, an example of that, it's that. Yeah. Like it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense that he would hold him back other than like, oh, you're just getting uppity. We have to put you in your place. So maybe, yeah, it's I, uh, it's unclear it, to me. It, yeah, I, I, I feel like boss isn't. I mean, everyone has kind of some racism that they're uh-huh. trying to, you know, fight that or not fight in some cases. But you know what I mean. That there's yes. uh, everyone has some kind of it. It just comes in and you can't necessarily escape it. Uh, you just have to be aware of it. I feel like boss is racist in that way, not necessarily in the way that people on his yeah, coaching like, staff are or, mm-hmm. or his, like I, or like town he are. might write exactly like it could be like what I'm describing as subtext. Right. Like I don't see the character saying, Oh, he got uppity. Right. I, you know, and I, I got to stop him, but I could still see that being his reason. I would re I read that him keeping, Sheriff Hardy. Uh, yeah. I, I saw him crippling him and keeping him from leaving town and being something bigger. I feel like I didn't read that. I mean, you obviously could read that as a race, racism, but yeah. I read it more as like he even says, like, I never left this town and I'm all the better for it. Yeah. I feel like it is just everything that boss sees that contradicts his way his perspective his point of view. yeah anything yeah. that contradicts that and could be evidence against it he mm-hmm. his inclination is to immediately beat it down to destroy it to kill it to 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 use everything he has to to crush it and i don't i feel like he wants his the 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 rebs they are the biggest thing in the world to mm-hmm. him like he has his his finger in so many pies and he's like a, like like a kind of a godfather figure yeah in the town and but when 
uh, who is it, Esau that comes to him about uh, the problem with the bank? Or I forget, someone comes to him about a problem. And that's this is right after Big has, has killed himself. And he is like, we got, we're, they're facing what the, was it Wetumpka? What are the, what, I forget the mascot of Wetumpka is. They're like, it's like an, uh, the Wetumpka is like the warriors. Yeah, warriors. Indian mascot. Yeah, yeah, Indian mascot. So the warriors. And we're facing the, what's coming this week? It, it, I don't, you think I care about anything besides that? And like, mm-hmm. Reb's football is the, is the most important thing. Yeah. And if someone's leaving to do something, quote unquote, bigger and better, that is a yeah a, a what what make it makes him feel small right and I I get that you know I'm I might as well be from Craw County and I might as well have grown up around the 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 non mafia version of Coach Boss mm-hmm. yes you know like my my dad literally coached high school football it was his life he loved it you know he spent all of his free time doing it never saw him. And the head coach was, he was like this. He was like this celebrity. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew him everywhere. He was this big outgoing guy. And he still is that in a lot of ways. And he puffs himself up and he, he's this, you know, he comes off as this, but he's still like, he's still a small town guy. You know? Yes. If it, you, if you leave this area, it's who? Never heard of him. Don't know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. But in this small little area, this small little arena, mm-hmm. he is the most like powerful man in yeah. in in Southern Bastards. He is the most powerful man in the area, and I feel like nothing like they they do introduce it just a little bit, like mysticism in this in this these arcs. The thing with the dogs and you know the weird the issue illustrated by Chris Brunner Brunner either way, um, that you know the weird hallucin- hallucinations by uh. Oh, what's the name of that kid? You know, you remember um, his name? The kid, the, the kid that gets beat up. Yeah, no, I don't remember his I, name. I don't remember either. But he's that's he's, not really that relevant. No, he's seeing these weird hallucinations involving the 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 the, the chicken from Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, the the the, the kicking chicken, Kia, uh, fried chicken from fried chicken place, and it's a it's a very weird kind of metaphor for everything that's happening around. But then there's these dogs. That uh, was it Materhead gets scared of, mm-hmm. and he's talking about, yeah, I saw that dog, and he's like, but that dog's been dead. He's like, no, it's alive, and it's it's a omen and stuff like that. But and, and you know, in the the introduction of the, uh, the, I absolutely love the issue with the snake handler Woods. I was guy. I'm reading it right now, and that is he is amazing. I, I like so 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 good. Yeah. I like that kind of introduction of like that the snake handling and the 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 religious use of these people live out truly live in the in mm-hmm. the country and I don't know do you I don't know I feel like they are directly tying bosses power in non football related things to victories on the field mm-hmm. and yeah. at, at, if he loses on the field his power wanes in everything else. And what is that movie that um, Cohen Brothers movie? One of their earlier ones, Miller's Crossing. I love Miller's Crossing. It's an it's a it's an excellent movie. But like you know, it's Irish mob, and I can't remember the characters' names. But he talks to the boss, and he says, "You you run things because people think you run things. When people stop thinking that, you're not in charge anymore. 
and it's the kind of same thing with uh, with Boss. He's uh, is that what we're going to see that he starts losing because he's lost big and everything falls apart and no one gives a shit about him anymore? I don't know. I but I think that's like it's I I re- I just it feels like that's the direction they're going, and it feels like they're you know it's like this symbolistic power. You know, as long he's as strong on the football field as the coach, then he it doesn't matter what he does otherwise. And I don't know. We it seems like all of these problems are all coalescing out at the same time. Uh, I I that again that issue with the snake handler guy. What is his? Do you know his name? I could have told you a second ago. I forget it. He's just the guy in the woods. Yeah, the cross, uh, not even crossbow, but like the a, bow hunter. Bow hunter, yeah. Uh, who just the parts where he talks about what true country, like what true country folk are. Yes. And like his grandmother, who is like ninety, has gnarled hands and can't barely move because arthritis still goes and does her gardening. And like, there's they've never had air conditioning, and mm-hmm. like here, here's like you know they have a cookout once a one every day after church after snake handling. Uh, and that little boy gets bit. Pentecostals scare the shit out of me. I don't know that they're, I, I mean, the snake handling might be like a really m- minority thing. It is. But the, the, just Pentecostals in general are terrifying. They're, they're, they are like the biggest zealots. They just, I don't know. They, they want to retreat from everything and they get in everybody's business about their Oh my God, they're so crazy. the The whole speaking in tongues thing that, is, that, is super that is, real. I mean, that is a yes. I have been to Pentecostal service, and they have spoken in tongues. It's it's just oh my God. But so this, creepy. The snake handling thing is a, a very small minority. Of it's like a very small outcropping. His name is Boone. Boone. That's very appropriate. That's a good name. Yeah. Um. But I don't know the 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 way he describes what a true country folk is what a true southerner is and yeah i don't know this that this kind of what this whole comic book is doing in a certain way because we see all these different people like we see we see earl we see coach boss we see big we see uh the the, the twins we see the, the 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 sheriff all these people who are from the south all from the same area and all seemingly have you know they're all they would all describe themselves as a southerner right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and but their their definition is different, and Boone's definition is different of what the South truly is. And like, like he he talks about, yeah, like, yeah, we had, I had, dis- we're all descendants from people who fought in the Civil War. We were all poor then too. We just hated Yankees. Mm-hmm. You know, we hated people that weren't from the South. We really, and we meet Roberta for the first time. Yeah. I kind of feel like the other stuff, the subtext that we talked about was a, more I a think more compelling conversation about race yeah well i feel like roberta that's only the beginning of her, of that no obviously yeah. like uh, they they this, this issue came out so long ago it's so frustrating <laughs> but that, like that's it it just 14 done and they're i don't know it's really frustrating they're taking so so long to get there I think they've announced where the when the next arc is. Be. I think it's November. I want to say. Well, that's what. What did you say? I think the next one's coming out in November. I'm not. Yeah. No. Yeah. Fifteen is coming out in November second. That's uh, no. I I like I like Roberta. I do too. I like that, I, I I. You're right that the 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 
the the contextual racism there is it's mm-hmm. not subtle, but I feel no. like that needs to be addressed in the fact that just a uh, a black woman showing up in town probably is exactly what she would encounter. Mm-hmm. No, I mean it wouldn't be subtle. No, it wouldn't be. I, I I just think that it's not as interesting a conversation. I mean, there's no, no way that not. this shit this would happen pretty much just like this. That was the thing that um, a lot of real ass conversations uh, with my friend Cameron when I was in New York, and he talked about how he was having a hard time dealing with the racism in Tampa. And he talked about how um, two times in his life living in Tampa, he said a white person had spit in his face just walking down the street. That's, I don't know. Our experience is so fucking alien to one another. Yeah. Like he thinks I, I live like a, he, he described it as a Caligulan life of excess. <laughs> you know, because I eat an expensive meal every so often, or my friend buys me, like, uh, an expensive shot of booze. You know, he just... He, 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 but, um... I don't know. It's not not going to be this. I feel like th- it was necessary to have that. I think so. It just... It just bugs me. I hope it's not going to be just that. Well, I, you know, I, I would, re- I would rather, like, I just think it's far more compelling the conversation that we had about the sheriff. Yeah. Um, I, over I, this. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I obviously the 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 racism she faces when she first comes into town is not a subtle form of racism. It's very no. overt and just full of uh, the you know, bile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I think that level of antagonism that she's going to face must be established. I feel like it, they have to have that tone be in this book already for when she, when she does go and face, like obviously boss is her target. Uh, I mean that it, you can see that coming. Uh, and I like, she's not the only one gunning for him. Like I think the whole town is out. Like it's very much like this complex web of all these different people wanting diff- all these, like wanting power, wanting boss dead or wanting revenge, wanting money, like all these different, like the mayor and his wife, whatever their game, like they just are yeah. the puppet masters or whatever. It's hard to say. Did you, lo- did you, uh, if you, if you uh, look real close, the mayor does actually say things. He's mm-hmm. actually, it's not just gibberish. It's, it's mostly like, I'm in a lot of pain. Please let me die. Hmm. He doesn't actually, you know, he's not, he's, he has no concern with what it's the, the mayor's wife is the one that is, you know, I mean, that is already implied there. But if you look at what he actually is saying, it's makes it concrete. I don't, I, I don't know the, the, the cover of the next issue has uh, Roberta on it, uh, walking towards coach boss with dogs around her so i you i guess you can uh read into that what you will mm. but i think i think jason latour even answered a question recently on one of his social media things about he's there like they still have a, at least this much left to go at least another three volumes of this at least another another 15 issues at least maybe more mm-hmm. so you know there's still shape in this story there's still stuff in the story that's left it's not just here roberta shows up and kills boss or something I don't. Do you think this story can continue without Boss? That's a good question, and that's not something that had occurred to me. I mean, you probably could, but 
he's basically the only tent pole left at this point. Like, I don't really, like, I don't think you could just make it about Roberta, or at least it wouldn't. It would, you could write a story about Roberta, but it would be very different. I think you could have it a story wouldn't... about Roberta. It could, it would have to be, a, it, like, Coach Boss is the dragon yeah. in the castle. Exactly. Once you get rid of him, anyone else is not going to be nearly as compelling a villain, an antagonist. It's almost certainly Coach Boss's story. It's, I mean, we think it's Earl Tubbs, and it is a lot about him, but it's, I don't know, it doesn't make sense without him there. No, I, the, it, the strong antagonist would, is, the, because of the, I don't know, the structure of the story, I feel like it is about how, I don't know, Boss is a, such a symbol for so many things. Yeah. I feel like toppling him is such a monumentous, it means so much. Yes. Both literally and figuratively, you couldn't, you have to, that has to be, I don't know, it would, I think it naturally ends up being the climax of the story. If and when he, he, who knows, he might not lose. He certainly killed Earl. Yeah. It's, it's challenging to know what's going to happen. Because I, I feel like the best thing that the Jasons did was having that be the start of the story, is having that kind of, that uh oh what's that movie the one they they remade it with rock uh standing tall something walking tall walking tall mm. that in like that is very much that that first arc where here here lies a man here was a man uh where like hey a guy comes back to town and hates the injustice and stands up for himself and wins but because they immediately the first the end of the first arc is immediately like no the guy you like the guy who's right mm-hmm. he gets he gets beat to death in front of everybody and boss puts up the stick that he used to kill him with right in the middle of town. Yep. And everyone's like, oh my God, how could, like, Boss taking those steps, like he's, I feel like Boss understands that the symbols are the things that are powerful. I think that's why he needs to win so badly. Why he puts that stick up in the restaurant. Like, I think he's conscious of it. Mm. He probably would never say that, not like in that way. He would say, oh, we need to win football because football is important. But I don't think he would ever, like, voice those, like, no, I need to win because I need to, re- this is what keeps me in power, these symbols. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think he knows it. Any criticisms? That's too marvelous, too magical, too important. No, I, hate I that. What? It's too painful. What's too painful? I'm just being stupid. Oh, okay. It really is a little tough to read. You know, it still gets me choked up. I mean, that's what's special about this is how honest it is. Yeah, this is it's a it's a very good example of the kind of artwork that I think we should strive to make. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, it it, it is pretty different. You know, it's the perfect book for fanatics. But if it's saying something to you, it's it's speaking on a deep, deep level. Do you think that people that aren't from the South I think they should read it, no, even but if would, they but won't would, enjoy it. Yeah, no, like, uh, but would they? Would would it speak to them as much just because they don't? They weren't. They didn't grow up in it. I mean, even both of us who are now live in cities and mm-hmm. you know generally dislike Southern culture. I don't dislike Southern culture. Okay. I mean, I'm. It's it's definitely it's such a part of me that it's impossible. I can't escape it. You know. I mean, I, I, don't, I, 
I, I mean, I don't. It's I, a, it's it's way more complicated. It's it. I mean, people do these things. I, I, I mean, this is so much of my New York trip was like talking about weird race stuff with with my friend Cameron and the whole idea of being a Southerner. I mean, it's very similar to how a lot of Black people feel that they just feel like they they're trying to get their shit together. They're trying to do their thing. And there's just like, there's just a chunk of people that just embarrass the shit out of them. And that is exactly what it's like to be a Southerner. That like, I, I'm over here, I'm trying to be cool, I'm trying to do my shit, and you know, that that guy's got to say terrible stuff to those people, or they have to like, try and incite violence, and it's just, it's embarrassing. And it, I don't like that people look at me and they see the people that I'm ashamed of, you know, I don't like apologizing for being who I am. And it's, it it's very much who I am. And that's a big part of what this book is about. You know, that it's, it's these deep, complicated feelings about both loving the place that you're from and being very ashamed of it in some ways. Conflicted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, I don't know, it's a thing that we all feel. It's it's more common than um, than we'd all believe. It's very much in that, like, I'm from there, I'm allowed to insult it. You're not from there, you're not allowed. Yeah. Well, I mean... In general, like apparently, when... Apparently, well, I was going to say, apparently they are allowed because... Uh, well... Everyone does. Everyone does. I'm so goddamn sick of it but yeah everyone does i don't know it's it's it, it's gotten to the point where it's like the level of like the sitcom dad yeah where i just go oh whatever they don't yeah it's exactly you know it's just gotten to a, a point of absurdity that mm. it, i i'm not really about that in the south about the south in general but in i'm about it in florida in, mm -hmm. in, in general like the florida man thing i hate it Mm -hmm. I hate the Florida band. Yes, Florida has a lot of obnoxious people in it, a lot of stupid people in it, and a lot of dumb things happen there. But there's also a lot of great stuff that happens there. That's true. Well, you know the Florida man thing is really kind of a myth. It's because the yes, the news the records yeah. are open. Yeah, which I tell people, and they go, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Florida man, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, no, I feel you there. That's not something that ever occurred to me. But yes, it is largely just because of the way our brains work and yeah, we have we to. Is, we, right, we is, exactly. Heuristic is the word for that shortcut. In case you wanted a a a ten dollar word there. I like ten dollar words. Yeah, I'm a fan. Almost as good as twenty dollar words. I don't know. This book is a masterpiece. It continues to be pretty amazing. It continues to push all my right buttons. I I I'm only a little bit worried that the Roberta stuff is going to be really too obvious i don't want it to be i every step along the way it feels like they have done the not obvious thing i know and maybe maybe that's their maybe that's their swerve maybe and, that's what they're doing and both of them are J jason aaron is a, a writer who's anything he writes i immediately go oh, i'll buy that and jason latour not only as an artist but he has shown his chops as a writer you know on top of being a a spectacular artist that them together i don't know i feel like they will 
and because of they're they're you know because of where they're from and just they are the perfect team for this book like mm-hmm. if you told me these guys you needed two people a writer and an artist to make a book called southern bastards about the south and about everything that encapsulates these two i don't know you could top and like any other two people i couldn't i don't know if there's any two that would could do it better not this kind of story i i i i mentioned i i don't know if i mentioned on the podcast i've mentioned to you that i've got my dad the first two volumes of this and literally every time we talk on the phone he's like is the third volume out yet is the third mm-hmm. volume out yet that's really, that's really good i couldn't I, get my dad to read it my dad already already liked comics. Oh, so, I know. My yeah. well, I mean, I don't know. My dad read comics as a kid. I don't know. He's he's got that thing. A lot. I think a lot of people have it that he's just decided that something's not for him. Yeah. It's the whole reason we have things like gendered branding is people need to be told that something's for them. They won't just look at something and say, "Well, that's interesting. I want to see if I like it." But I uh, this this is. I don't know, like, I, I think we, I mentioned earlier about, like, uh, Cyborg, about how, like, it, it, what it doesn't know what it's, like, it doesn't know what it's doing. Mm. It feels like everything in this book knows, like, everything is for a reason. There's nothing that is a throwaway. There's not filler. Everything is purposeful. Yeah. And that is in both the writing and the art. And that everything, every creative decision from the smallest to the largest, from micro to macro, is crafted and and purposefully placed in a in a s- spot to, to tell you something. And there's very few things, very few art that does that. Mm. And I don't, I, I don't. We're gonna. I think in 20 years, people are gonna look back at this comic and call it one of the best ever. Well, maybe not outside the South. They won't. <laughs> They're gonna be like, oh, "This is about rednecks." <laughs> I don't know why they're doing a redneck voice to make fun of Southerner. Well, no, actually, that's exactly what they do. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, it's actually pretty appropriate. No, too, too plausible. Sorry. Uh, I can't read. My sister sure is pretty. It should be more like there's ways to like get those stereotypes closer to reality. It's more like I don't read. Yeah. But that's most people. That's not just that's not Southerners. Stuff too. Yeah. That's nothing well, to do with Southerners. I think most people don't read. Most people don't read. Yeah, I don't whatsoever. Think, I really don't think that people are any smarter anywhere else. No. You would think that fucking we, we, people in we, England were super smart by their accents, but they're dumb as shit. <laughs> Hashtag Brexit. I think we're behind on the Brexit stuff. Uh, it's God. still, it's still, it's still happening. No, I know it may not. It's not going to actually country, happen for two more years, theoretically. Know, but their country's falling into the ocean in slow motion. It's fabulous. We get to watch them tank the world economy. Well, let's see what America does in November, and then we can start throwing stones. I know. I know. When when uh, we uh, finally elect our correct president, Jill Stein. You're supposed to laugh at Jill Stein. I, I, it's too serious for me to laugh at all this stuff. Uh, stakes is high, brother. Yeah, I'm not even there, and I'm still. No, it's it's worthwhile. By the way, you you get uh, get Prime Minister Trudeau wandering mm-hmm. around without his shirt on mm-hmm. in comic books. Dream boy. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about on this, Eric? 
Uh, no. I like this book. Yeah, me too. It's really good. Roberta's got some karate moves. Pretty serious. Yeah. I I don't think uh, Coach Boss is going to beat her in hand-to-hand combat. Mm. Maybe if he hits her from behind with a big stick. She wouldn't. He wouldn't have beat Earl either, but Earl had got the shit kicked out of him by like a hundred dudes. That's true. And not, then won. Not a fair fight. Not a fair fight at all. But, you know, bad guys don't have to play fair. It's true. Uh, so, folks, that was Southern Bastards. Volumes 2, 3. Read it all. Get it all. Buy it in five different versions. It's so good. Uh, just like both of us probably have. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. There's always a nicer version that they release. It always gets nicer as you go. I, I look forward to wasting money on the omnibus. Or how about the artist uh, edition? Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, it, it's a good comic. We like it. Next week, what's the name of the comic, Eric? Dykes. Uh, Dykes to watch out for. Dykes to watch out for by Allison Bechdel. Mm-hmm. We'll be reading that. Eric acquired it in New York City. You didn't say it, Eric. I'm not. I don't need to say. I don't. I don't need to say New York City. There we go. Uh, we're gonna be reading that next week. So another back on our weekly schedule for a while at least until the next thing comes up. Uh, yeah. Read along with us. You see, that'll wrap us up. You can find us online, lots of different places. At our website, handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find new episodes downloadable there. Uh, you find links there to our social media, like Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour, Twitter, at hbchour. You can email us, if you'd like, at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Reach out those any of those places uh, if you want us to read something in particular. Uh, let us know. We'll try and fit it in if we can. Also, if you like the show, uh, go on iTunes or, or go on Stitcher, go on Google Play Music, go whatever podcatcher service you use. Uh, give us a good review. Give us five stars. Subscribe. All that stuff actually does help. It helps a lot. Uh, I know it's not convenient, but you take the 20 seconds it, do- it takes to give us five stars and subscribe. It helps more people find the show. We like that. Of course, let other people know. Let your friends, your comic book friends, uh, let them know about us and you, they should listen to us. You can find me on Twitter at MixMasterSerial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? My things Mm -hmm. are primarily available at FreeWillUnlimited.com where you can see my portfolio. Besides that, you can go to EricZGoodnight.com, see many or most of the things I'm up to, uh, including a link to my Instagram where I'm known as EasyGoodnight. And my Twitter, where I'm at Mr. Bad Example, spelled MR Bad Example. Ooh, sound effects. Foley work there. Mm. I like it. You say the word Foley work all the time. I like it. It's, 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 yeah. We're go. Hollywood. Come on, Eric. You got these proper terms. That's true. <laughs> we're, we're big Hollywood, New York City. I know. That's oh, amazing. Big city. Other, uh, other places. Other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, without, I think. We can call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.